Well, welcome to the latest to the ASA podcast with me, Dr. Chris Keel. And this week, we have an interesting question. I guess it's been interesting to ASA members for years. I mean, it's one of the key market areas for the entire organization, which is housing. And there's always a lot of energy around what's going on in that sector, and it's always kind of confusing. (laughs) So it is, as they always say in real estate, location, location, location. I guess there are three predominant questions that come up all the time when it comes to housing. One is, when does the boom end? Number two, is there really the opportunity for the kind of boom and busting that we have seen in the past in housing? And then sort of thirdly, what is the opportunity uh, when it comes to commercial construction as well as residential construction? I mean, all kind of related, but kind of revolve around different concepts. There really is probably not a bust at a national level on the horizon. We still are about 5 million homes short of what's needed as far as housing is concerned. We only build about a million and a half a year. So we're probably five years out before we even start to think about catching up with current demand. But when you look at individual markets, there's where you're starting to see the potential for some bubble bursting. Uh, We've certainly got really live markets in Austin and Phoenix and Nashville, and there's probably a dozen others we could name. One of the things that's changed, though, is what gets people to move to a particular community and when that community reaches kind of its its bursting point. It used to be based on jobs, that people would move to a place because they got a job there. And you would run into a limiting factor just because of the employment situation. But that really isn't the determinant anymore. What you've got are people that live where they want to because they work remotely and it doesn't really matter where they live. You know, they've gotten a job with some company that's maybe out of Duluth or Sioux Falls or or Tampa, you name it, and they're not beholden to move to those communities and sometimes they don't want to. Tampa, they probably would go ahead and move. Duluth, Sioux Falls, maybe not. So you get communities like Austin and Phoenix and Nashville that just keep growing because the people that are moving there already have jobs, don't really depend on that local market. They are now bursting at the seams from an infrastructure perspective. You know, they don't have enough to support. I was talking to some people in Austin at one point and they said, you know, we've really outrun everything, whether it is highway infrastructure, whether it's sewage infrastructure, it's even not having enough fire stations and police. The number of of people moving in has exceeded the capacity of the community. Does that mean that people will stop moving there? Probably not. So the boom-bust cycle is kind of off-kilter with some of those communities. Other parts of the country, there's actually decline in the number of people living in a given place because they're moving out because they can. The housing market has come off of its peak, which was set probably seven or eight months ago, but it's still higher than it's been for the most maybe five, six years. So we're still looking at a considerable amount of housing expansion. Multifamily continues to do quite well, uh, particularly in some of these livelier markets. One of the things that's beginning to shift back is during the COVID response, you remember people were moving out of those urban areas in order to get to a more 
remote location, someplace that was a little less congested, that has now stopped and reversed. People are beginning to come back into the urban areas, not all the way in, but they're moving back into maybe the second or third suburban ring. They're not coming into the tighter urban area, but they're getting back within striking distance to a certain extent. The biggest concern when it comes to housing is probably the mortgage rate situation. We're certainly looking at interest rates coming up at the Fed level, but not to alarming levels yet. I mean, the Fed is certainly talking about getting rates up to around two and a half, three percent, but this kind of dire prediction that the Fed rate's going to go up to five or six or seven or eight, there's no evidence of that. The Fed is not talking about that at all. There's been no alarm bells really being set. The Fed says, yes, look, we know inflation's an issue, but it's not the kind of inflation we have a lot of control over when it comes to rates. This is commodity-driven inflation to a lesser extent, maybe wage-driven, it's supply chain-driven, it's not money supply-driven. And as long as it's some other motivator, the Fed is not in a position to get super aggressive. So mortgage rates are going to come up, they already have. Will they come up to prohibitive levels? Doubtful. It's going to affect the starter home. It's going to affect new buyers, not probably going to affect the traditional high-end buyer. Uh, the big question mark at this stage is what happens with existing housing. There's a lot of that coming on the market as boomers retire and seek out other alternatives. And frankly, it's the boomer, the retiring boomer, that's driving some of that multifamily need because they're moving back into senior housing, assisted living, or even just apartments just to get away from the necessity to do yard work and that kind of thing. So from the standpoint of ASA members, it's still a very lively sector, still a lot of work to be done still a lot of construction taking place. The big question is looking for where this is happening. Still the Southwest, the West in general, uh, still a lot of development in the Southeast, less in the Northeast, less in the industrial Midwest. So you kind of know the drill. Most of you have been seeing this, this pattern for a while, so it's not really going to change any time drastically. There is still an orientation to larger homes, so people are not yet coming back to the notion of a smaller compact home. There's still a lot of interest in going to a larger place if they are not downsizing to an actual multifamily situation. So it's kind of interesting. The boomers are getting a little bit smaller. The Gen Xers are getting a little bit bigger. Millennials are still kind of in the middle. Um, they're getting into the housing market if they're in their older sector of the millennials, but they're doing it because they have kids, which means that they're going to be looking for a little bit larger housing. So all in all, it is still a good market, still a good place to be. The trends are still very strong. That is going to taper a little um, as this year progresses, and the more that the inflation sticks around, the more it may taper. But as we pointed out before, that inflation is so dependent on what's going on with oil and gas, which is dependent on the Ukraine war, that it could it could reverse literally at any minute. It's not likely, given the kind of position that the Ukrainians and Putin have taken, but it's possible. So for the moment, pretty good market. Um, watch it fairly closely, but it's it's awfully being it's awfully robust. Let's put it that way, and we'll probably stay that way. Thank you. We'll talk next week.